Hi, everybody. It's episode 486 of PodQuest. Hey! It is Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi, I'm here. It's December. It, it, it's cold, guys. It's... I hate it. It was pleasant when I was out there earlier. I, I mean, I just went out as 39, and... There's no like, sun usually, anymore. Yeah, that's the problem. It's not that it's cold. It's that it, it gets dark so early that I just, I hate it so much. Yeah, like, I'm sure if I went out right now, I would be less happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hated it. I hated going out. I had to pick up medicine. I had to pick up uh, dinner, and it was just, like, it was too cold. And I, and I regretted not uh, warming up my um my car before going out. Yeah, that, that was a mistake. Did you, so you didn't put your, your thing in your mouth and, and, and push the button? Or under your mouth? No, I mean, my car is close enough to where it works. Sometimes when I'm, just, I'm indoors, it might I'm not work. I'm just making fun of you. You don't have I know to justify you. it. I'm letting you know that my car is close. Drew. Yes. If you uh, if you put... Did you know that if you put your button... If you're trying to unlock your car, put your button up to your chin. It actually increases the distance of the uh, range of the button. I, I have heard slash seen this. Okay. Cobb and Erica think I'm weird for doing that. I do, I, I've heard that it may be... I don't remember if it actually is a thing. I've also heard that the world is flat, but I don't believe it. I'm just saying, uh, you think I'm crazy for doing this, but I've it, I've had it happen to where it won't work, but when I put it up to my chin, it'll work. It works. And maybe it's just putting it up high, but even when it's just in my hand up high, it won't necessarily work. It's 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 a weird thing. It's it's a thing. It's a thing that works. Okay, get it on MythBusters. Uh, I'll I'll uh, what's his name? Is it Alan Pan is his name? I don't know who that is. I think there's there's a YouTuber who he's a YouTuber who bought MythBusters.com basically, um, and was he bought the copyright to MythBusters or something like that? Oh, wow. Um, he also bought like the copyright to CNN or something. He got in a lot of trouble. I'll try to find the video and I'll post it. That's but actually he, like, hilarious. He, he bought the copyright he, to CNN. He bought something for CNN. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, he got in, got in a lot of trouble, even though he legally purchased these things, got in a lot of trouble, got cease and desist orders and whatnot. Um, and, but like he, he actually, he was one of the contestants in, when they were trying to replace the Mythbusters. He was one of the contestants in that reality show. Um, and he's, I think he's friends with the actual Mythbusters or one of them. Uh, and he does a lot of like techie stuff on, um, on, on YouTube that uh, I'll message him and see if he'll do a Mythbusters of, uh, whether or not. Do it. Do it and then I'll be the button. Alright. I will. I won't, but I will. It's okay. It's already been done a decade ago. Yes, it actually helps. Really? See? Why, though? Uh, they're not 100% sure, but it is likely to do with the electromagnetic waves in your brain and the water molecules in your brain and the radio signal pulling the positive and negative ions in the water molecules in your brain. And so somehow I could that be giving my s- the signal. I could be giving myself brain cancer every time I do this. I'm yes, surprised it works for you at all. I, hey. trust me. Same, same. Um, Sorry, couldn't Alan, resist that one. The uh, YouTuber is Alan Pan, A L L E N space P A N. Alan Pan. Uh, I'll share the the uh, the I'm in trouble with Myth, MythBusters video uh, on YouTube or on our on Discord later. But he's he's also he's he's a great 
YouTuber as well. Like he's he's got some awesome stuff. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um. So we went to PAX this week. We did. Yeah. Week. I guess last week technically. Uh, end you know, of last week, just, beginning of this week. I'll, depends how you define. Uh, Sunday is the first weeks. day of the week. Let's let's before we even talk about PAX, let's just get this out of the way for our, our adoring fans who are on the edge of their seat to know what we thought about Groundhog Day. Groundhog's Day, whatever it's called. Uh, we none of us watched it. I watched it last night. Fuck you. Fuck you. So did I. <laughs> well, I mean, since we weren't going to talk about it, I wasn't going to fucking watch it because I hadn't watched it. None of us had watched it prior to yesterday, and then we decided to we'll just talk about it next week. So it was delightful. All right, Cobb. We're gonna... No, let's go over it. Fucking Richie didn't do his <laughs> fucking work. No, I. Since we're not talking about it, why watch it? I, I'll I'll talk I'll watch it next week when we talk about it next week. But yeah, uh, next week we will uh, we will be talking about yeah. Pax Unplugged. Just for we'll be talking about Groundhog's Day, not Pax Unplugged. Yeah, I'm sorry, Groundhog's Day. No, no, sorry, yeah, no. Me and Kyle, for... we're going to spend the next hour and a half talking about Groundhog Day. You know, that's <laughs> fine. I'll we're going we're going to just... reenact the movie. I got I got some let's plays to record. I'll just no meet no you guys and you go ahead and start doing stay those here. Um, no, that's fine. Because I will probably forget about this next week when we're actually talking about it. Um, it is the 30th anniversary of Groundhog's Day, like the like this year. How about that? Um, yeah, it's uh, it came out in '93. So it, it's Cobb. It's Groundhog Day. There's is no it? S. Yeah, no, I've always said it with no an S. S. You've constantly said it with an S, and it's always confused me. And I finally just double checked because I thought I was the crazy one. But yeah, it's Groundhog Day. No, I've There's always no called S. it Groundhog's Day. Like if possessing. Anything, it, if anything, it should be Groundhog Days, but... I mean, the movie, no. yes. But no, like, I legitimately thought even, like, the holiday, like, I thought it was, like, a possessive S. No, no, no. It's Like, it's Groundhog's Day. Like, it is the Groundhog's Day. No. Well, that's bullshit. I don't know where you got that from. I just made it up, obviously, but, like, that's just what Absolutely. I always thought. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so weird. I don't know that I've ever actually paid attention to how it was written or spelled. No, I, I, I knew the movie was no S, but I just... Every time you kept saying it, and I was just like, I don't know. It finally just got to me. I'm like, um, it's not that, is it? I got it all. I just look. You like to torment me on something that is actually scientifically proven to actually work. I it, want to it, torment you on scientifically something you're doing proven wrong. is taking it a little far. I mean, MythBusters proved it to work. Scientifically proven to work. It wasn't MythBusters. It was well, somebody. I, it was a you uh, a college in the UK. Look, I mean, they don't even know, know how to spell eggplant. I mean, it's because eggplant's a stupid name. Aubergine is a much better name for those. It's not, and they pronounce the H in herb. I mean, you should. You shouldn't. Herb is a 45-year-old shoe salesman. Herb are the delicious things that you add to your meals. I don't know. I don't know. That's all you gotta say. Okay. Anyway, next week, we'll yeah. talk about Groundhog Day uh, starring Bill Murray. Um, this week we're going to talk about PAX Unplugged 2023. Yes. Yes. PAX Unplugged. Oh my God. Uh, I was exhausted and beat up pretty much by the end of Sunday. I could barely move. I was okay. Um, I mean, you, I, I, I set myself up for disaster having to walk home with like fucking nine, ten games on friggin' Friday without a bag. And so my arms hurt throughout the rest of the weekend just because of that. Yeah, I carried the booster box home. But that only had, like, four games in it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I carried, like, the box home. It was awkward. I yeah, I, I carried 
what was it, four separate games piled on top of each other home, plus another, like, five or six games in my bag itself. Yeah, that's why we we brought over usable bags. You know, I the thing is, I, I went into Friday knowing I was going to get the booster box. I did not know that they had that other donation thing, and so... Once I saw it, and honestly, there was one game specifically that I was interested in out of all of them on the list of that you got the, on the list of six that you got to choose from, and that game was um, Anomaly, I think is what it was called. I saw that game and I was interested in it. The rest of them I really didn't care about, but I was like, you know what, sixty bucks for three for four games, um, and as I'm considering doing this, the person before me walks away with the complete Everdell collection. Which is like a $150, $300 fucking purchase or something. I don't really know. It's a lot of fucking money for 60 bucks on top of the other three games. Uh, that's when I was like, I, I, I fucking have to do this. I have to do this. And I walk away with uh, Blood Rage, which I'm not mad about that I got Blood Rage because that's a great game. But my brother already owns Blood Rage, so I didn't really need it. I could have just borrowed it from him if I wanted to buy it. But still. I, I, it was it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. Which I mean, you know, like like you said, it it was for charity, and like yeah, why not? Yeah, it was for charity, and then I bought the booster box as well, not realizing how much bigger the boxes were this year, and not then wanting to actually carry that box around with me all day. Um, oh, did you buy it like first thing? I uh, well, I bought it uh, midday, um, but before my meeting with Hatchet Games. Okay, yeah, um, we we always wait until we're getting ready to leave to buy those. Um, even if we are going to, like, stop and, like, open it up while at the show, we just, we hold I, off until, like, close to when we're, we're wrapping up. Yeah, I don't know what it was and why it was that I decided to buy it. I don't know why it was I decided to buy it then. I think it's just because I was there and I was at the booth and I was like, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, w- why not? Or something. I, I will say, definitely a little bummed that, like, it wasn't just the giant stack of boxes to pick from. Yeah, you, they only give you a stack, a set of three to pick from, and then once you bought one, they replace that one. And Yeah. Like, I get it's not, like, a huge deal, but, like, part of the fun of that was always, like, oh, here's this giant pile, like, go pick yeah. a winner. And as as I'm picking my three, like, they're like, all right, pick which which one you want, and I'm feeling one, I'm like, this one's, this one's lighter, this one's heavier, this one's the middle, and they're like, what's that mean? I'm like, it means fucking nothing, but I like to check anyway. They're yeah, like, you, exactly. really, you really can't base it on weight, because, like, no. there's, some games are really heavy, but that doesn't make them good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the, one of the games I got for my first year that I got the booster box is freaking huge. Uh, me and my buddy tried to play it once, and it, it's bad. It makes no sense. It's like, it's like a, I don't know. Drew, you might actually like it. Wow. But I don't know. It's po- it's a political card game. It's weird. And I don't know why, but I just, I feel like Drew might like it. But it's like, it's olden times politics. It's not modern day politics. It's like knights and queens and kings and fantasy. Is it chess? No. Did you no, get a chess a- board? I got a chess card game, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we, we, we only, we actually only got three games, four, I'm sorry, we got four games in ours, but one of them was every possible deck for something called, like, Yomi, like, Y-O-M-I, um, which seems to be some sort of, like, card battling game, I'm assuming, because every deck is, like, themed for something different. Yeah. Um, and I, I was very, like, I, we opened the box, and I'm just like, there are so many decks of cards in here, Jesus Christ. You, um, you also got the Five Seals of Magic, which is a game that last year, when I opened my box, 
somebody gave us because they already had a copy of. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So, so like, when I opened my box last year at PAX, somebody gave us, like, two or three games. I think it was, like, two games. One of them, I believe, was Five Seals of Magic. The other one might have been Keyflow, or I don't know. I don't know what it was. I I remember that person. I don't remember the games that they gave you. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, that one at least looks interesting. Um, The other one we We, got, I forget what it was called. Um, We we played Five Seals of Magic last year. (laughs) Did After we? We got it. Yeah, we did. Okay. It was it was pretty good. I remember playing a game again. Like I remember playing a game like a, like when like you got your booster box, but I don't remember what yeah. the game was because it was a year ago. Yeah, um, I mean it was Five Seals of Magic because that's that has no uh seal, has no plastic seal around it. So I know that was what it was. But I guess before we start talking about like specifics, um, you guys have a good time. I had a blast. Yeah. It's it was it was nice going around meeting. Uh, developers and new people checking out the new games. There's a lot. There was a lot of RPGs there this year. Um, uh, yeah, there were a lot of like, like little like, like non D and D stuff. Yeah, and I, like I'm not, I'm not against an RPG and whatnot, but like I want board games, and there's not a lot of like there. It's a lot of either card games or RPGs there anymore. There's not really, at least to me, what I'm seeing, not a lot of new board games in a sense. Well, you got to go into the unpub room. Yeah, but uh, that and the um that first look or first play area, whatever that area is. Um, yeah, you're you're not wrong though. There are definitely less. There are less booths like with board games, and I think a lot. I think some of it's like cost and stuff. Like it is much easier to do a um uh like a card game. Well, not easier, yeah. but like cost effective to have a have yeah. a card game, smaller box, easier expansions. Than it is yeah. for like a board game with miniatures and and all that stuff that people kind of expect from like a game at a, at a thing like this. Yeah, um, that's honestly why I like the the library because there are so many board games there, and most of them are like th- there's like a fun smattering of old stuff that you're definitely not finding anywhere, and relatively new stuff that like uh, w- I'll talk about later. But we played um, Nexus Infernum that. That one booth that's there, like, every year that's all gothic and black and everything. Yeah. Um, and they have the Plague Doctor plushies. Uh, we, we got that out of the library and played it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a $60 game that we were able to basically test play first without having to wait for a table to open up at the booth and go through that awkwardness of having them, like, stand over us while we're playing and, like, all that weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, I'd, uh, I would much rather, like, I've seen that game every year. I've looked at it and been like, I, I want to see what this game is, but like, like you said, every time you walk by, it's, it's a loaded booth. Uh, like, same with, uh, Fire Tower or Watchtower, whatever it's called. Um, like, I've always wanted to go in and try that game out at that booth, cause, but that booth is always popping. There's always people there. And you can never get in unless you sit there and wait for a game to end to then get in. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that to me would be my only complaint is like unfortunately some of these booths are too small to especially with like the smaller developers it's too small to let someone go in and maybe find a spot to load up to wait to try a game or to find somebody to talk to or even just watch a game without being just in the aisle the walkway aisle but like you don't have that issue like the further down the stage but like the the closer to the end of the rows if they becomes even tighter and tighter and tighter yeah and it's it's one of those so like when you walk into the show floor 
if you go to the far right, which I think were like the high 3,000, 4,000 aisles, um, yeah. they're much smaller aisles. And, and like, as you start walking, like, the other to the other side of the hall, like, the aisles open up a little bit more, but they also become oddly staggered in places because of larger booth placements where like yeah. you, you have those booths that take up entire aisles and stuff like that. So it becomes a little harder to navigate up and down them. Um, yeah. And and there's a handful of aisles for no good reason are like three to four times wider. And it's like, why aren't these like brought in a little bit so that the other ones can be spread out? Just like, you don't have to do a lot. Like if you just shrink a couple of those aisles, like a, like a couple feet, you can then give that extra space to the aisles that have no space. Honestly, yeah. what they need to do, I think they need to move the game library and play area somewhere else and use that entire upstairs expo area for more walk space. No, this year would have been fine if they would have not had that giant queue area too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't know the why they, they... that was a thing, but like, yeah, there was never a line in any of that that I saw. Yeah, they always have a queue area somewhere in the main expo hall. And like it was just, it, it was taking up a huge chunk of it. You'd walk by and it's just empty space. Um yeah. I'd argue that like having the game library and the free play area up there isn't a bad idea because you have that ability where somebody can buy a game at a booth. Or like we've done before. Like you get the booster box, you go back to the free play area, you open up the booster box, and then you play something out of it. Um Yeah, but but also if you move it to somewhere else Maybe somewhere that's not in the main expo hall. Maybe it can be a little bit quieter. You have a little bit more space to try your game. Like, yes, there's tons of space in that in that area to 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 play games in like that free play area. But like, it, one thing I don't like doing at PAX is getting a board game from the library, sitting down at a table, and playing that game because I can't hear anything. I don't know, especially if it's a game I've never played before. I can't hear anything. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to play. And, like, I don't want to sit there and spend an hour learning how to play something that I don't know how to play. I would much rather, if we're going to play something that we own or can own, I would much rather just buy it and take it home and play it. Which is fair. Like, um, I, I've never had that problem with, like, being able to hear and, like, figure it out. Um, and, you know, board games are expensive. I don't want to spend between yeah, 50 but, and and $100 on, like, a game that, like, looks cool. And be like, oh, this game is fucking garbage. <laughs> well, that's, and that's why, like, I, and I, like, I kind of wanted to talk to your wife about this more because uh, we didn't get to, but she was a little bummed out on Sunday because she felt like this PAX wasn't uh, that good of a PAX. She didn't really get to play a lot of games and this and that. And, like, I wanted to talk to her and be like, well, some people don't come here to play games at PAX. They come here to demo games. And that's what I come to PAX for. I want to demo the games, see if I like the demo, and if I do, I'll buy it, and then we can play it at home and the privacy of our own space with some beer or whatever, or just hang out and chill and not be surrounded by a million people. Like, that, to me, it's, it's, I want to learn how to play the game here. I want to be told what the game is like, try it out, and if it works, I'll buy it and I'll bring it home to you. But, I don't know, to me, the, the idea of, I, I spending all that money on a badge to sit there for three hours and play a game like we could just play the game at home well and to be fair like we don't normally spend that long playing a game it's like we'll get a game um like and, and again like the, these are games i'll talk about more but like we played we played one game called like karen or something like that that was only like a 30 minute game 
So we got that out of the library. We sat down. We played it. Like it was maybe forty minutes all like from the time we like sat down to the time that we like got back up. Um, and like you know that that was about as quick as it would have been if we would have waited for a demo at a booth. Um, mm-hmm. and then like the Nexus game, I think we played for maybe like an hour and a half, two hours. Um, but like we were also like we were having fun with that, and then we realized like oh it's getting late. We should probably like just call it after this turn. And that's what we did. Like, we did not finish that game. It was like, okay, like, we know, we get the gist of this game. Like, we don't have to play this to completion to know if we liked it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to do that on your own time than to do it on a booth's time, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's, again, it's it's a to each his own kind yeah, of thing when it exactly. comes to this convention, for sure. I, it, it's personal, per, like, it's also personal preference. I am I am not good in loud social areas like that. Part of the reason why, as much as I love music and live music, I also don't go to concerts. It's just because there is a lot going on, and sometimes it's a little much. Um, well, so, just like, be better me, in loud, noisy, social situations. God. Fix my brain. Fix my brain, and I, I will. Okay, ha- have you tried, like, just doing it? <laughs> I have. I have. And the last time I just did it, I got COVID, but also... Like it, it, I get and even even at PAX this year, there there were times that I was walking around and I felt like there was just I'm just walking around looking and I felt like there's just too much going on and I needed to like step away and just stop for a second and or I needed to put headphones on and listen to some music or something because like just the cacophony of crowd noise and everything going on just gets to me sometimes. Which like I I can understand that. I mean like. I guess I, I can empathize with it more than anything because I don't totally get it because, like, that stuff, that, like, that doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. But, like, I can, you know, like, every everyone has different stuff. Um, yeah. Like, I don't I don't have, like, social anxiety or anything like that. I just don't like dealing with people all that much, which is why I'm kind of, um, like, I don't love the demoing, the demoing at booths part of it because it's, like, it's too much interaction with a person that I don't want to be interacting with because... Nine times out of ten, they're very salesy about it because obviously that's their job. Um, yeah. We've gotten lucky, like most years, we get lucky and like we stop at at least one booth where either it's like an actual demo of the game or we're or like we're chatting with the person enough that like they're not being like weird car salesy about it. They're just kind of like excited for the game and that transfers much better. And it's like, okay, no, cool. Like, like you're actually just into this. Like, yes, please keep telling me about your game. Show me how it works. Um, mm-hmm. but a lot of times like they are, they're very much, you know, they're there to make money. I get it. I don't, I don't hold that against them. It's just not the situation I want to be in. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to look at the thing. I want to read the back of the box be like, that seems like it could be cool. I wonder if they have it in a library where I can like read the instruction manual and figure it out. Cause that's also how I figure stuff out better. Like I'm not a see how it's done person. I'm a, let me read some instructions and then, like, do it a couple times, and, and I'll get the gist of it. I Yeah, and, and that's, a, like, I'm a learn by teach, taught, and doing. I learn things if, I learn better if somebody shows me how to do it, shows me what's going on, and I do it myself. But if I, if I've tried, there are board games I own that I've, like, read the book to try to learn how to play, and I did not understand it. And, like, I would have to watch video upon video upon video of how to play this game and watch it multiple times to understand how to play a game because it's, I can't read a booklet and understand what it's telling me to do. I just, I, it's, 
Dude, it's I totally it's understand of- that. Like sometimes, and sometimes you have to have the game in front of you, and you have to like pick up pieces and move them around while you're doing it. Yeah, mm. which is which is why, like for me, the demo area is is better because it's like okay, this is how you play. Like this is this is the basic idea of the game, and you can get into further chaos like more level more more uh more times played or um with different modules of the game that i like that like like that we that that we set up for you that's just yeah i don't know i'm rambling i feel like i mean it's almost like different people learn different ways and yours just happens to be the wrong way no (laughs) no No, like it's everyone does like come to that stuff differently and like Games in particular where, like, there's rule sets and intricacies about it, like, you don't, like, not everyone is going to be able to just read a book and be like, okay, no, this makes total sense. Yeah. And, like, frankly, some games, the rules are not very well written. No. So, like, if that's already not how you're good at picking stuff up, it's going to be even worse when, like, the rule book's just not very well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any other kind of general things either you guys want to mention, though? I still have not been able to do anything D&D related at PAX, and it has been, what, five, six years now? I think 2017 or 18 was the first year. But they did skip a year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 2020 yeah. they didn't do. So, yeah, it's been about five or six years, um, and and I still have yet to be able to do anything D&D based at PAX. And, like, I, I, I put it a little bit on myself this year because I overstacked my day on Saturday with a bunch of meetings that like if I had like maybe not had one going so late at like three o'clock and maybe had it on Sunday I probably could have figured out some sort of uh um what's it called uh, uh some some sort of um some sort of D&D thing sorry I got distracted because Cobb you said that air hockey thing that we played on the thing which is crokinole okay oh is that what that is Yes. Oh, okay. I did not know what it was called, and I just thought of it, so I'm like, let me just add it here, because you guys will know what I'm talking about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, that's that's where I got distracted with the converse when I was talking, was you typed that, and like, you have that on our outline, though. Yeah, I didn't know what it was called, so. Neither did I. Neither did I. Like, that was the thing, like, like you sent a picture of the game and said, I'm here. I asked people, hey, do any of you know where this game is? They pointed me to the game. We found you there. I played it. Never got the name of it. <laughs> uh, Drew, I, I thought Drew said it a few times. He may have, but that was also what Sun Saturday Sunday Sunday Sunday, Sunday morning. Um, but I was I, I was at that table for like an hour and a half, almost two hours. I didn't realize I was there for long. <laughs> um, as far as um as the D and D stuff goes, though, from from what I hear, like this year in particular, it was it was kind of a pain in the ass to get signed up for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparent, like it apparently fills up really quickly. It starts early and it goes very long. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a whole it's 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 D and D. It's a whole day event if you sign up for it. It depends on what you're signing up for. Like there are specific rules if you're doing Adventurers League things and things like that as well. Um, I but I I. I've just, I've always wanted to try, like, some other character in a different sort of campaign with some people and see how it would be. And just to play D&D with some random people and see how it works out. And I just, I never, I never get to for one reason or another. Which, yeah, like, totally understandable. 
hopefully hopefully next year hopefully i can actually go on friday next year uh at at opening and sign up before anything else uh, did either of you go to the keynote speak and see anything Mercer had to say or anything? No. So nope. that li- that apparently the line for that was filled up before the show opened. Jesus yep. Christ! Uh, we were talking to one of the vendors um, that we've purchased from before, and they were saying that like when they got in there and they get to get in there like two or three hours early, um, the line was already too full to wait in. So people were waiting outside to get into the show to get into the. Yep. Well. I mean, like, you could get into the convention center at 8 a.m. Okay. Just the expo hall did not open till 10. But oh, there were see, people thought... waiting outside, like, earlier than that, to waiting to get in there to immediately queue up for the the thing. Because it was upstairs in the Grand Ballroom thing, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea. I, I had no idea where it even was. So the, um, the I, big stuff is always like the like the main entrance hall that's like above the hard rock. Yeah. Um there if those like stairs on either side of like the the entranceway basically lead right. up to like a big theater. Okay. I uh I do wanna say the app I think this year was bad. Yeah, I did not like the app. I I like I wanted to try to see if there were any panels or anything, and like there is like an events section, but like I don't, it was just, it, it didn't really work very well, in my opinion. Like, I wasn't able to really see what was going on. I wasn't able to filter for panels or for, like, time, like, you just had to go to your time frame and see if there's something there. And, like, I don't know, I just thought the app itself, the PAX app, was bad. Yeah, so, it's, and it's not just PAX, like, the Anime NYC app was equally pretty shit. Um, we bought a couple of things off of, like, artists there. And mm-hmm. I'm 99 percent sure in previous years we were able to search like table numbers. Um, this year we we bought a, a blanket off of somebody and it ended up getting they they sold out of them at the show, so we bought it to order to get like shipped to us. And when it arrived, we didn't remember what the table was, so because Erica wanted to take a picture and like tag them in it. Um, so I I downloaded the app again and I opened up the list and you can't search for table numbers. So, like, I knew the general area where the table should have been in. Um, the map isn't interactive, so you can't click on the table numbers. And you can't sort the list of artists at all. It's alphabetical, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it was actually useless to have because you also couldn't click on stuff and then go back. Every time you went back, it brought you back to the top of the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it was terrible. But, yeah, the, the, the PAX app was not much better. But what are you going to do? Um, I guess we'll start, um, you guys had some meetings at the Forever Stoked booth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, uh, separate days because we must have booked it at the same time I think or we, something. I feel like I remember in the messages you were like, I booked it for Saturday at three just as I was set, hit, like, accept on the, or whatever, on the, uh the Google forums. And I was like, Oh, I just did Friday at three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So forever stoked. We've talked about them every year, uh, every year since I've basically been covering the show. Um, I've talked with them every time I've, uh, I've, I've gone there. They're a great group of, they're basically a publisher that develops, a, that helps publish and, and, uh, work with smaller developers to create a bunch of games. They work a lot with the people who make the cyanide and happiness games primarily. Mm-hmm. I, that's like uh, their like big one. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like their their biggest, I guess, client or 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 uh, developer. Um, they uh they had they they helped create the probably one of the bigger games this year. Um, uh, Trash Talk that was in a couple of booths. Like that was that they even like the Forever Stoked booth. It was funny to demo Trash Talk. They rented a dumpster and you demoed the game Trash Talk in the dumpster. I did. Mm-hmm. I did think that was actually pretty cool. Like we walked by that dumpster a handful of times. In the swag bag they gave you for going and talking to them is a business card for the dumpster rental that they used. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. I thought that was great. Uh, but yeah, so they they talked to us. Uh, they showed us all the games that they've uh showed us in past years. Cobb, me and you went to them last year. Uh, they had that trivia game where you had or Drew, were you there as well? I don't think I was. No, I think but, it was just uh, you and I, because there was a yeah. another, there was like another group there also demoing at the yeah. same time as us. Because I remember there there was like that trivia game where you had to. Um, it wasn't necessarily if you were right or wrong. It was how well you could convince others to believe you. Yeah, so it was it was like it's basically you get a trivia question, you answer, and then you have to guess whether or not you're right, whether or not other people are like. How confident are you in your own? Uh, response, how confident are you and everyone else is, and if you get it wrong, but people say you're going to get it right, you get points. If you get it right and people say you're going to get it right, they get points, stuff like that. Uh, they had it last year. They showed that one again. Um, what else did they have last year? They showed us uh, the movies game, which was... Uh, made up movies. Made yeah. up movies. Uh, they had that last year. And uh, so, like, the thing with that one, last year at least, like they had the creator there. Who, like, yeah. was definitely just, like, a dude and his friend who, like, made a game. Oh, he was, he was, he was there this year, too. He was there showing off, uh, the game, and I think they have an NSFW version, too. Like, an expansion for it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. And they, they, uh, their biggest game that they were showing off was Trash Talk, which last year, Cobb, they told us we weren't allowed to share anything. Or we weren't allowed to share pictures of, but we were allowed to, like, comment on it. This year, it's finally out. Um, and basically Trash Talk is a, um, pseudo cooperative game where it's, uh, you have one person who has basically a DM shield, um, and you have a list of cards with, uh, words on them. And there are several, uh, trash items basically. And you're, uh, raccoons, right? Or possums? The, the person that is the one person behind the DM screen is a raccoon. Everyone else are possums. Yeah, and so uh, the person behind the screen has to associate somehow items with the cards, and then the people behind the people who are the uh, playing against them pretty much have to get into the possum's head or uh, get into the raccoon's head and guess what items are associated with what words. And every round, you add an additional item. There's an additional card. Uh, you get one guess for the round. If you get it wrong. Um, if you get any of them, if you get them all wrong, you wipe the cards and put new cards out and they try to guess again. Uh, but if any of the cards were right, that one stays, I think. I can't 100% remember. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but the, yeah, it, it, and they, they sell the game with just like little, little, like little trinket pieces. And they even have like a, a BYOT, which is bring your own trash. <laughs> and so fun. you can, you can like bring other little, as long as you have two similar trinkets. Or trinkets of similar variety, 
you can you can use those as well and keep making the game bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, they they showed that off a little bit last year. Uh, they also last year they showed off a game to us that we weren't allowed to take pictures of at all. Uh, that they actually let us take pictures of, but we still, even though it's printed on the cards, not allowed to talk about the name. We don't know the name of the game. Um, but it's that cyanide and happiness battle game that they mm-hmm. had where it was. Oh, um, right, right. And it was like, like the, the businessman and he gets the intern as a helper or like Zeus as somebody's helper and whatnot. Like they actually had that game set up and demoing. I've got a couple of pictures of it and things like that. Um, but that was back on there. I, it just a bunch of like, I don't want to sound negative by saying it's a lot of the same things that they've been showing the past few years, but like they, they do add stuff every year. They do have a new game that they're working on. Um, that we're not allowed to share pictures of, but we are allowed to talk about it. Uh, it was, was it Floppy Nights? Yes. Which is apparently yeah, so, a video game? Yeah, there's a that video is game quite called... the name. There's a video game called Floppy Nights that, uh, they have been working with a team to turn, adapt that into a, a tabletop board game. Um, they, they don't really have a lot going, like, it was, they were just playtesting it and, and showing, like, demoing it a little bit, but we weren't allowed to share pictures or anything like that, but obviously we are openly allowed to talk about it. Uh, if you've ever played Floppy Nights, uh, from what they're saying, people who have played it are really digging the concept of what they have behind this game. Uh, I've never played Floppy Nights. I think I wanted to look it up because I act, I, I forget, I totally forgot about it until earlier today that I, I wanted to look up and find out where, if it's free anywhere to play. But I, I don't, I, I completely forgot. Uh, and it's, I, I was hoping it was going to be available on Game Pass, but it's not. Um, so I don't really know anything about Floppy Nights. It is, where's, 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 I'm looking at the Game Pass stuff. It doesn't really give a good description on here. Uh, Floppy Nights tangible projections summoned from floppy disks. I don't know. I'm not going to keep trying to talk about it. But they're working on a Floppy Nights board game if you like Floppy Nights. Um, I've never heard of it before now. So. <laughs> Honestly, neither have I. Uh, I mean, it came out uh, last year. May of last year. Okay. Well, yeah, it was uh, forever stoked. They're, they're awesome people. I love uh, meeting with them and talking to them and, and seeing what they have. Uh, one of the other games they were showing off, uh, is, uh, so they gave us, uh, everyone who went and visited, uh, who made a press meeting, they, they gave, uh, review copies of games. Drew, I believe you got Trash Talk. Yeah, I grabbed a copy of Trash Talk. Yeah, and I went, since knowing that Drew had already gotten Trash Talk, I, uh, basically picked up their, uh, cheapest game, I think, with Heads Will Roll, which is, um, basically a, uh, kind of a dice roller. It's, it's, it's a pocket game. You can bring it around with you anywhere where there are, um, uh, there, there's like a couple of different kinds of die that you roll and you have to like hit the heads together. So I can't a hundred percent remember how it went. So there's two sets of skulls. They're bronze or gold, whatever you want to call them. And then silver skulls. There is a shield and a treasure chest. You take right. all the pieces and you roll them all out on the table. Your the objective is to then, you get one shot to flick the shield into the treasure chest and collect the treasure, unless you are able to flick the shield between a pair of the matching skulls. Then you get a bonus point and another shot. Yeah. But, you know, you might be in a spot where it's like, oh, well, the shield's right next to the treasure chest, 
but I could go backwards through the skull and then try to hit the chest or whatever. Or yeah. just be like, nah, I'm going to just take my point and hit the yeah. chest. And, it, like, if the if the cross uh, crosses, like, so say you have, uh, like, the two silver skulls and then the two bronze skulls, and they cross at the same line. If you cross that line, you get two points, but you only get one reflick. Right. It's 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 like a neat quick game that that I was just like you know what we already got their big game and uh, I'll be honest I'm I'm not interested in the the trivia game y'all know how good I am at trivia um and I, I mean in fairness I'm not interested in the trivia game either <laughs> yeah and um we I don't I haven't been to a party in freaking four years to get a party game like made up movies so I I just I wasn't gonna grab that. Yeah, I think that that is the one thing, like, I think Forever Stoked makes, like, like fun, quirky games, but, like, they are a lot of, like, games meant more for, like, social gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, like, a lot of times, like, it, like, like in a group like ours, like, if we're playing games, we're not necessarily looking for the the social gathering games, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I, like... Games like the, the social gathering games, the the the, the made up movies, the cyanide cyanide and happiness type game. What was it? Where it's it's basically Cards Against Humanity, humanity, but with comics. Like that game. Uh, which what is it? I even own it, and I can't remember what it's called. Joking Hazard. That's what it's called. Um, those games are fun to bring to a party, but like you said, we don't really. If we're group, if we're meeting up, we're meeting up specifically to play other specific games. We're not meeting up to just hang out. Like those are games to play at a like a New Year's to bring to a New Year's party, a Christmas party, or or something of that nature. Not I don't plan to have ten people over to play a game like that. I, I don't even know if I can have ten people. I don't even know if I know ten. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you have ten people that would come over? I I do know enough people that would be I'd be able to get together ten people, but w- whether they're willing to come over or not, that's that's the true question. That yeah, that is fair. Um, but so that was forever stoked. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about floodgate? Uh, yeah, so mean Fl- uh, flood. Is it, is it floodgate? Gate or floodgate? Gate. Gate, yeah. You just love adonesses. Yep. You love adonesses. Ev- everything is plural or possessive. Yeah. Um. So floodgate. They um. Drew, I think you you know the name of the game that the other game that they make. Um. Because I'm bad at words. It Way sucks. to put him on the spot like that. Oh, uh, he was there. He was gosh, with us. Yeah, with I, me. I don't remember it off the top of my head because it is a weird word. Um, Sa- sag sagrim. That that sucks. sounds right. Some uh, it's it's based glass game. Yeah, so it's a game where you like you you uh build stained glass through rolling dice and different S- sagrada. Sagrada. That's it. Um, they make games like Sagrada, and I can't honestly remember what else they make. Decorum, I think, was the other game that they had, like, on the table that we were sitting at with the, uh... Yeah, Decorum, that's a new game, though. That's that's a newer game, which is, is, is a neat idea. I like it. Um, uh, they make... Oh, what was that love game? Um... Oh, God, I keep uh, blanking. Uh, Fog of, Fog of Love. Fog of Love, which Cobb, I think you played with Eric a few years ago. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, Fog of Love, Decorum, which if you go t- to buy Decorum on their website, I believe it's sold out right now. I don't know, or maybe it was just saying out now. It just says out. Um, 
a kite uh they have a kite kite flying game as well. They have a bunch of different games, but uh Sagrada is really what I think they're most known for. And uh they actually have another new title coming out next year, which they gave us a copy called Skyrockets. I think is it was it going to Kickstarter Drew or was it just coming out? I think it was straight? just coming out. Yeah, I think it's gonna be coming out in February, I believe. I'll have to that- double check that um when we do something a little bit more for it. January twenty third. Uh, there you go. Uh which is basically you are a wizard developing like a or making a fireworks display. Um and it is a real time game uh where once the game starts it goes in a turn order and you just have to go as fast or as slow as you feel, um, trying to make sure everyone is is enraptured and enjoying the show by uh you, you place these uh hourglasses down. And, uh, you flip them the way the, the, the module will tell you. There's a, a number of different, um, scenarios that you can play through. Uh, and it'll tell you, like, what's standing, what's lying down, and whatnot. And once you have them all standing and ready to go, you have to play cards with the respective color of the hourglass to flip the hourglass. However, there's one hourglass in each, um, mode that you don't want to, f- that you don't flip until it runs out. The rest of them, you don't want them to run out. So you have to constantly keep flipping the right ones to make sure they don't run out, which means you could sit there and wait to, before you play a card, because once you play a card, you have to flip them. Or you can play the cards right away back to back to back and keep flipping them back and forth. Uh, and each different color uh, sand timer runs at a different speed. Yeah. Uh, so like we were constantly having to flip red because red runs very fast. Uh, if, if one of the set if one of the timers that aren't supposed to run out runs out, you lose a star. The goal is to get three stars, like in Angry Birds and, and all other mobile games. Um, how, but if the uh, color that is supposed to run out runs out, then you play that card, you flip it, and you go to the next... You keep going, and like you have to like three, four rounds. Every time it runs out, it has to run out X amount of times for you to end the game. Um, or you have to lose all three stars. Once you lose all three stars, game over, I think. Uh, but it's, it's a neat, it's a very fast paced game. I, um, I don't have the, um, motor skills to really play it very well. I kept knocking things <laughs> over. My hands were shaking. Um, I'm not good at it, but it was actually very fun, but also very anxiety inducing. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're all, they're, 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 they're awesome people over at Skyrocket. Every, every developer I met this year. Everyone that I went and talked to were just were so excited um, to to just speak with everyone there and be at the show and and show what they have. Um, it's just they were they were all great people to hang out with, and I think Floodgate makes some great games. Sagrada is such a such a good game. I honestly don't really know much of like their other games, like uh, other games, but Decorum, which is their new one that came out earlier this year. Um, and I think there's an expansion coming out is what they were showing us as well. Yeah. For Decorum. Ha- mm-hmm. uh, what Decorum is, is, um, it's, uh, uh, is it two players, I guess? I don't know if it was limited to two players, but it definitely is f- at least two players. Two to four players. What was it called? Decorum. Decorum. D-E-C-O-R-U-M. Um, and what it is, is, um, you got, you have your house or you have like a board that's your house placed in front of you. And you each get different cards of how to set up a room or your house in one way or the other. And 
you have to play the cards to like color the bedroom in blue or put a lamp, um, a green lamp in the bathroom or this or that or whatever. You have to play these different cards and without telling whoever you're playing with that you don't want that there or you do want that there because that's what your card says. You have to respond to them in pretty much a passive aggressive tone of whether or not that was a good or bad way to play that card. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you place the green lamp in the blue bathroom, and you can just be like, why would you do that? So it or, sims the board game? What's that? It sims the board game. Kind of, yeah. Uh, you'd be like, why would you do that? Or, I think, I think, I, I think this would work better somewhere else, or, I, I don't know. Like, I don't 100%, like, know, like, the limitations of what you can and can't say when it comes to the rules. Uh, but like it, it was it was a fun but potentially argument causing game, depending on how you talk to people and probably who you're playing with. And mm-hmm. yeah, definitely who you're playing with for sure. Yeah. Anything else? And there, uh, well, their their expansions is basically going to be like a road trip where you have to pack your bags or pack your RV or your car going on a road trip and stuff too, or that you're moving out from your house and so you have to decorate the house in a specific way for the buyer and whatnot too. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like like it sounds like it could be fun, but then like you said, um, like depending on who you're playing with, like it it could cause arguments. <laughs> yeah. Uh Um. That was who was that? That was that was Floodgate Games. Okay. Floodgate that, games. Yes. I got I got I got a uh, loss because the that the quorum wasn't on the list. Yeah. No problem. Um. So now we're up to Hatchet. Hatchet is someone I uh, I spoke with T. From Hatchet, who I believe they were the, I believe they said they were the director of Hatchet Games. Um, which Hatchet Games is basically the American publisher, the United States publisher of a bunch of different French and French Canadian games. Um, so to be, uh, a lot of these, a lot of the, um, companies that Hatchet works with, they're unable to get the games properly released over here in the United States. So they Hatchet works with them to be able to get the game imported over here. And then basically Hatchet is the one who publishes it and sells it here in the States. But the other uh, uh, teams develop it. They, they make a, a ton of games. Uh, one, on, one game that I really caught my eye there um, that I just I, I wasn't going to ask for because it was going to be so expensive, I'm sure, because it's a licensed game. Uh, there's a video game called Northgard that uh, I'm interested in playing the video game of that I've never played, uh, that they have a board game version. Uh, but they have a bunch... a bu- there, there, there are a ton of different games. Or they have a ton of different games, a ton of different styles. Um, and they, were, they, they gave me, actually, two games to review. Uh, uh, the first one, I, it's uh, Rawa, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, which is... That's how I would probably vi- say it. Yeah. Uh, which is basically like an engine building game. So, uh, you have, you have to basically collect an economy of resources to be able to change what resources you get based on your, um, your play mat to be able to purchase different things and complete different things to score and win. Uh, similar, like, pr- not like it's not exactly like a tan, but like anything that has that sort of, in- uh, like even like card, card, uh, uh, what is it called? 
uh, deck builder games and things like that. Like that's, those are like engine building games. This is something they taught me because I even told them like, I love board games. I don't know the terminology. And they're, and I'm like, I like deck builders. I like our right, well, deck builders are engine building. And that's basically what this game is, but it's not a deck builder. It's, you have like, you have a whole play mat and you have to get points. Um, I haven't been able to open it and unlock, uh, uh open it and play it, but it's, it's, uh, it, it looks pretty cool. Uh, I like I like the the art style of it. I like the look of some of the characters on here. Um, that uh, we are definitely going to give give it a shot and play. Uh, the other game they gave me to demo out for them is Ghost Ghostu X. I believe is how you would pronounce it. This is more uh, similar to your card game that you got Cobb in your booster box. It is like a um, it's a card battler game. Oh, is that but the name the, of that? Is that what the name of that AR game is? Is it AR? That one no. that you were looking at when when you were over? No. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about the Yomi game, the one that we got all the packs of. Yeah, yeah, the Yomi game. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant that other game that I said we had two copies of. No, 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 y- Yomi. Uh, the Gosu is like Yomi, where it's like it's a card battle game. This comes, the, it's one box comes with all the sets that they have, though. So it's like you don't have to build a deck. It's like each deck is based on. Uh, the specific characters. So there's 120 cards, um, uh, 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 dominated by, a world dominated by eight immortals. Um, Gosu X is a combo card game in which players build up their army using the cards from their deck made of three clans. At the end of each round, a great battle takes place where the player with the highest military value comes closer to victory. Um, I know specifically you, Cobb, you're not very into card battler games. Not really, no. Like every, um, every once in a while, like like um maybe that Yomi game actually, or um we bought one a few years ago called Epic, where the decks were all self-contained. Mm-hmm. Like you just picked up a deck and just played with those cards. Yeah, that I didn't mind as much because there wasn't. I don't like the deck building aspect of card battlers, like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon stuff like. Excuse me, stuff like that. Yeah, well that that's that's the good news about this one is like there's there's. Seemingly, there, there. You, you just pick three different clans out of all the clans that they have, and it tells you which cards to add onto your deck. And then you, you shuffle it up and you play against each other. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, Drew, you, you like card battlers, so right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're fine. Yeah. It, it, I'm not gonna say like I'm a blanket. Yeah, they're all good, but I'll well, yeah, always would but, try one. Yeah, you're not against them, or you're not gonna no. like. Not gonna hate it just because it's a card. Battle, uh, yeah, basically. exactly. But I, like, uh, I am with Cobb on like I'm not into tr- collectible trading card games anymore. I don't yeah, have like no. that energy. But no, I neither do I. I would much rather like I have at least one or two other games in my house that like I got that is straight up. It was a card battle game where you just you buy the sets. And it's not a collectible card game. It is just you buy the sets and you play them, play against them. Oh, uh, 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 Super Show. Yeah, yeah. The wrestling that's game. that's yeah. the wrestling game. That is also it's it's mm-hmm. si- like similar to this where you buy the decks. You don't mi- mix and match the cards. You buy the decks and you play with those decks. Um, but yeah. So the, uh, in my opinion, Hatchet Games uh, T I I had uh, they were very accommodating. Uh, and awesome to talk to, and I uh, look forward to our relationship with them. Moving forward, we do have to work on figuring out some sort of content, and we will work on content for these review copies and games that we've gotten from everyone, but I did did just want to give a quick shout-out and say thank you for the games. 
Uh, it was definitely not necessary, definitely not expected. Um, and I appreciate all of the review copies, uh, uh, every from um, from getting from Forever Soak getting both Trash Talk and Hezel Roll, from Floodgate getting Skyrockets, and from Hatchet mm-hmm. getting uh, Rawa and and uh, Gosuax. Like I appreciate this a lot. You didn't have to do this. None of you did. Uh, and I promise you, we'll get something out there with these games. Uh, the, the the best thing I heard was pretty much from everyone that I talked to. Uh, when it came to making further content with their review copies, like especially T, they said, "Don't don't break your back on this. This is a hobby. This is this is your side project. Get it when you can. Get get it done when you can, and send it to us when you can." Um, and, and they they turn around like, if you reach out to us before you get anything out of what we already sent you, then we'll probably be like, "Well, what have you done for us yet?" But if you work on if you start working on things and and you get it done. And we, we might be able to work together, which I, I'm like super excited to work with more developers. And then they even said, if you get a game that you don't like just because you're not vibing with it, don't trash it. Let us know you're not vibing with it and we'll work with you. And so like, Gosu X might be one of those games where it's like, all right, if none of us are really vibing with it that much, it might be one of those games where we reach out and be like, hey, you gave us this a review. We're not really sure how we're feeling about it, but. I just, I super appreciate meeting with everyone I met with. There's a couple of, there's what, one other developer I met with this weekend, um, which was Gamey, uh, but they were all super accommodating. Even at Gamey, they were accommodating. Um, but I, I really do appreciate, uh, the, the review copies that they gave us. It was, it was awesome. Definitely not needed. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about, about Gamey now? Yeah, I'll talk about Gamey. Gamey, um, I, I spoke with them Saturday morning. Uh, they were, Again, they were super awesome and accommodating because I was 15 minutes late for my meeting because the trains were running slow, uh, and it was a shit show to actually get into the show that, on Saturday morning because it always is. And then they also moved their booth. So their booth was like 42 something, 4260, but the row 42 only went up to like 4250 and they moved like the last couple of booths over to the side by like the 38s. Where it was like along a line, like uh, like the it's like the back end of the row. So if you're at 38 and you walked all the way up, and then there was a bunch of uh, booths like at the end of the line, just facing towards you and not in the line. If you get what I'm saying. Uh, apparently, yeah. apparently before I guess just before the convention, they didn't have a spot for the enforcers to hang out in, so they needed to quickly set that up. So all of the um, all of the the printed material for the show would have had the map show that for like that row forty two went all the way up to like forty two eighty or forty two ninety whatever. But it wasn't until you looked at the map on the app where it updated that everyone was moved somewhere else. or some people were moved somewhere else because they needed a spot for enforcers. Um, Gamey though they they were they were so nice they were so nice they they were like come sit down let's talk have a bottle of water um offering me like if if you ever need a place to like hang out and relax at the show and you want to come back here come on back here we really appreciate you being here like they're super nice people um uh i i i feel bad because i don't remember the owner's names um but they started their uh they started making games over during the pandemic it was their pandemic project um and one of the games one of the first games they created was the game that i bought from them ray racers which is basically a combination of Tron with uh, Drew. What's that dragon game that you? Soro. Soro. Yeah. 
it's a combination of Tron and Sora, where, like, you're trying to lock people in and make them, instead of, like, not cross paths, you're trying to make them cross your, your path to crash so that you win and last person, uh, uh, left wins. Um, but the game they were showcasing mostly this year was a new game of theirs that, uh, was just recently released, uh, within, like, the past few weeks. And, like, they, they chose specifically this time and PAX to release it because it's called the Tree Trimming Game. And it's a Christmas game where you set up the board and you lay Christmas tree ornaments all up and down the, um, all, all around on the board. And it's just like the same inch, the same decorations can't be touching each other in any of the directions, up, down, left, right, and diagonally. So you need to make sure to put them in the right spot. And sometimes when you fill a spot, you have to go read a card and it's just like a general Christmas, um, question. Like, uh, what's, which, which dessert do you like more? Fresh sugar cookies or apple pie? Or how many reindeer were there? Or is it like, it's a very family friendly, kid friendly game. And that's what they said that they strive to do is to make games that are quick to pick up, fr- family friendly, kid friendly, so that everyone can play them. And, uh, they were just, they were super cool, super accommodating. And I really, I really like the idea of Ray, Ray Racers. So I, I, I bought that from them. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it, but, uh, it, 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 it looks pretty cool. It's got some pretty colors. Um, so yeah. What? It's just like, it looks cool. It's got pretty colors. I, like, I like the, it's, it's, look, the, this, it's, it's similar to that Sora game. So I, I feel like, I feel like you guys would like it too, because you guys like that Sora game. Um, the only thing is there, there's, there's, it's, uh, each, each, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it looks cool. I wish I would have been able to play it. Um, I wish I had more from them. Um, I need to do better next year. This is just a note to myself. I need to, like, take notes, write things down, uh, record things or something like that. Like, get an audio recorder to record what they're saying or something so that this way I can, like, re-listen to it and and take better notes. Because when I'm there, I give them my attention and I pay attention to what they're saying and I listen to them. Um... But like I've already said, when it's allowed and there's a lot of noise going on, it's like, I, I, like, I have to focus on listening to them because if I focus on writing, I'm not going to listen. So that's, I'm there in the moment with them and I'm not recording anything. So I, I, some, I, I will, I won't always fully remember everything that we talked about or that, that, that was said. Uh, so that's just, that's just a complaint on me and not a complaint on anything else. It's just, I agree that it's a complaint on you. I, I gotta do, I, I gotta do better is what it is. You do, you, you do. You gotta get good. I do. <laughs> um, I will say just, just circling back to the, the pretty colors thing. It's funny how like the games that are like goofy and bright and all of that, um, tend to just be very fun for one reason or another. Like not always, but like oftentimes like the games that are bright and, and colorful are the ones that just seem to be more interesting than like the dark and dour. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the dark colored games, the dark and dour games are usually more strategy focused and more like adult oriented and hardcore, whereas the bright colored games tend to be more family friendly and just like, hey, pick this up, play for 20 minutes, half hour, and you're done and everyone can play. Mm-hmm. Which are always it's, good. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have to be captivating enough to keep the attention of a child, but also interesting enough to where an adult is going to want to keep playing them. And there's always like, 
Because like, I've played strictly kid games, and like I've I've played there there were games that I've played with like my friends' kids or even my nieces, and just like this game does not hold an adult's interest, but you you play it with them anyway because that's what they want to do. Uh, but then there's games like Ray Tracers, I think, that would keep both adults and kids of a certain age uh, interested enough to where it's going to be fun for both sides. That's yeah. That's fair. Game design, man. Game it's, design. It's tough. It is. It is. That's why. That's why we don't do it. <laughs> yep. We just bitch at other people's game design. True. <laughs> um. Anything else you want to say about gamey though? Before we we move along. No. No. Every everyone I met, like I said, everyone I met this weekend were super awesome and fantastic to talk to and accommodating. Um. And I really hope I uh, we can get like some sort of like partnership going with a lot of them or all of them in the future um because it was just it was it was nice to meet new people yeah look at you make making connections that's what the content creator badge is there for you didn't have a content creator badge i did did. i had i did i had a content creator badge oh i had a media badge no i had a content creator badge. nerd i mean i don't know i apparently i signed up for for Friggin' a panel badge initially, so I don't know why, but it's still, it's all the same. Media badge and content creator badge are basically the same. Eh. Uh, well, but <laughs> look, so here's the thing. Uh, I had a buddy who got a three day, uh, pass, but didn't pick his badge up until Saturday because he didn't, couldn't go on, um, on Friday. Uh, he got a special, <laughs> he, he got a special guest pass. Really? They gave him a special guest pass. When he picked up his badge, uh, a speaking, a speaker pass when he picked up his badge and they just gave it to him. They didn't like question it or anything. And so he was like, what, what, what is this? And he showed me and I'm like, dude, you could like get into the speaker room and stuff like that. You could like get behind the scenes with this badge. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. I run into yeah. him on Saturday. I run into him on Sunday and he's like, I got like a 5% discount. For having this badge for at, <laughs> at a booth. I'm like, I guess you did because you, they think you are a special guest and you're working the convention. Like I could have gotten some money off using my content creator badge at a couple of booths because I'm working the convention. And so they'll give you some money off. Like you got, you were, they, yes, they do that here. And he's like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know why you got the badge, but hey. Go hang out with Matt Mercer and like ask him all the D and D questions or some shit. Was he even there beyond just Friday? I'm sure Mercer left no, Friday yeah. as soon as he got done. He's yeah, I'm I'd like maybe he hung out at the show for a couple of hours, but I'm I'm sure he he wasn't there Saturday and Sunday for sure. Yeah, I didn't think so, but I just I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, there he had no obligations, uh, no other obligations beyond just the keynote speaker uh, on on Friday. Which, you know, busy dude. Uh, yeah. When you uh, run your own company that has several companies attached to it, you're constantly busy, as well as being a professional voice actor. Well, you know, Rich, wh- what I'm hearing is uh, you, you've got some catching up to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. As long as you're working on it. It'll, it'll take some time, but we'll see. We'll see. Once, once I get my uh, 500 followers or 500 subscribers on YouTube and get partner program, uh, it'll, it'll all be nothing still. But we'll we'll see what happens. Just just keep working on it. Yeah. Anyway, 
let's talk about some other games we played. Yes. So, um, I played two. I actually like played two games while we were we were there this weekend. Um, they're in a different order on the outline, but in the order I played them, the first one uh, was uh, Karen Karn C A I R N. Um, it was actually it was like a, a fun little um, you got it. It was kind of like a checkers, but not game. Um, that's a that's a bad way to describe it. You're it, it's two people only, and um, you're each playing a tribe of like shamans. You're either the water tribe or like the the forest or earth tribe, and the goal of the game is to build these megaliths. Um, and the first tribe to to build, I want to say it's four of them. You have a there's like a little score counter on the side. You move your token up each time you you build one. Um, the first one to I, I think it's four is the winner. And each time you you manage to build one, it goes onto the board and it, it adds some sort of like effect. Um, some of them let you move in in like move from like that monolith or megalith to any other one on the board um some of them let you do things to your opponents um some of them let you actually swap where different megaliths are on the board so like if the one that lets you move to anyone is say in the middle of the board but you just put one in the front like right in front of your base you could actually swap it and then as soon as you summon your guy move on to that and then like teleport across the board um because the the way that you build your monoliths are by moving one of your shaman all the way across the board it, um and basically exiting the board onto out of your your opponent's uh, base camp let's call it or by setting up um two of your characters with one of your enemy's characters in a specific um configuration sorry I was drawing a blank on the word there um so the the way that the the sort of like uh turns work is there are four tokens off to the side of the board, and each turn you can, excuse me, do one of the things on a token. So you can move your character, you can jump your char- character like um like a checkered piece, like jumping over um a, a, an enemy or an ally um, to the space after them. Uh, you cannot chain those though; it's just it's it's one jump. Um, you can do the stuff on a megalith if you if you move on to a megalith. And then there's a, a transformation one, I believe it was called, where that's the one where the the token will show you what sort of configuration you have to be. And it's two different configurations, one on each side. And once you do one, that's when the, the token flips and you get the other one. Uh, the, the first one we started with was the enemy in the middle and two of your pieces on the outside. If you move your character into that configuration, your enemy's character gets banished back to their base camp and you build a, mon- a megalith on the spot where they were. Um, the other configuration is two of your characters next to each other with the enemy on the end. And the same situation, the character gets banished back to the base camp and a megalith goes on that spot. Um, the The trick with that is you have to move into that configuration. It can't be like a, it can't be a happenstance where like you teleport it, it like you got moved there by like one of like your opponent or something like that. Because um, some of some of the things that megaliths do are allow you to move your opponents around. You have to have actually moved your character into that position for the transformation to take effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, all of the the movement and the the jump and stuff like that were also not random, but they they rotated. So the movement, um, if you did, if you took a, a movement on your turn, um, you could either go up, down, left, right, or diagonal. 
depending on which way that the token was flipped. So if you were making like a straight line to something and your opponent hadn't been moving or like you guys had been trading back and forth, like moving where your opponent was doing diagonal and you were doing up and down. Um, if your opponent decides to not move that turn and do something else instead, um, you might be stuck in a position where you were aiming for something that you now can't do that turn because your movement is diagonal instead of the straight up and down. Um, and then the last thing you can kind of do on your turn is summon more of your shamans if you have them in the base camp. Um, you start with three of them, and there are two summoning circles on either side. Um, also where it's um, you have a token for it. So you can either summon them onto the black squares or the white squares. Um, if you have something already on one of those squares, like a character, either yours or your opponent's, you can't summon though. So you have to make sure that if you're trying to like load up the board with your pieces, that you're getting them off of those spots right away too, or you're just going to block yourself from being able to do. Mm-hmm. And like I like I said at the beginning, like it was a, it was a quick game. It took us maybe forty minutes start to finish, and that's like unpacking the game, reading the rules, moving stuff around to figure out what it all meant, and like playing a round of it. And nice. and because it was a little like it's not random, but it's not as strategic as like a game of chess would be um it actually ended up being a very close game um and if i remember correctly erica actually won um and we almost missed it um (laughs) you let a girl beat you (laughs) i'm kidding that's that that's sexist that's why i said i'm kidding um i'm gonna cut this out and that's all that's gonna go up it's just gonna gonna be me saying you let a girl beat you for a podcast for an hour and a half right yep um, but yeah, so it just happened to be that the turn before she had moved herself into the configuration for like banishing me and summoning a, summoning a monolith, but we hadn't paid attention because it was a diagonal and there were other pieces involved too. So like she had another character on her other side and I think I had one more next to me. So like there was enough stuff kind of like bunched together that neither of us noticed it at first um and so like i did my next turn which wasn't moving those characters she started her next turn and i'm looking at the board and i look over at the at the transformation token i'm like oh oh you won and we just missed it (laughs) Hmm. nice yeah but yeah it it was like a fun little game it's from 2019 so it's it's relatively recent yeah that reminds me of a game eric got i think it was like second or third packs where it was it was a chess game, but it was like the board was broken up into three boards and it was past, present, and future chess. And so if you did something in past chess, it would affect future chess and present chess and stuff like that. Um, I can't remember what it was. What I know called. the game you're talking about, yeah. but I also don't know the name. But it, 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 I've seen it. It seems like a very cool game, but I've never played it. It sounds familiar to me, too, and I just, I can't place it. But, you know, it happens. Um, the other game that we played was um, Nexus Infernum, which, like I said before, it's it's that big, gothic, dark black booth that has, like, the Plague Doctor stuff, and they've always got tables and stuff demoing these games mm. in their booth. Um, part of the reason why we tried it was because every year we see this game, and it's like aesthetically like it looks neat like it looks like like a dark like um like like spooky game almost um and when we happen to be looking through the board game library on saturday yeah on saturday 
we saw their other game there. They had like a stack of like five of of their game called Acheron or something like that. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, oh well, maybe we'll we'll try that on Sunday. Like we'll we'll see if their games are any good, and then we'll know if if it's like worth the money because they weren't cheap games. And so we go over the the booth on Sunday, and all of those are gone. And just by happenstance, we we spotted a copy of this Nexus Infernal. So we grabbed that. Um, we actually, um, I had texted our friend Matt, who Rich, you know, Drew, you met him at at PAX. Um, and he came over and played with us. And then randomly, he spotted a dude that he went to college with in Louisiana, and okay. we got that guy to join us too. So we had we had a four player game. I want to say it's up to five or six. I forget how many cards were there um i'll i'll say this up front um not good instructions this game had two to to five players two to five players for Um, nexus infernal yeah yeah the instruction manual for this game was not good um the the one picture they had of the board didn't have everything labeled and didn't really have a like it wasn't a good picture like like good angles of anything so, and the game had a lot of pieces, like a lot of tokens, a lot of like things for standees, and not having some sort of reference for what the fuck they are. It was very hard to like figure out like how to do the initial setup. Mm-hmm. Like it, it probably, and Rich kind of like to, to like one of your, your complaints earlier, it probably took us, I don't know, half an hour just to figure out how to play. Um, yeah. Because of ha- just how bad the instruction manual was. Um, yeah. Half hour just to figure out how to play, and then you get into it, and it's still going to be like at least another half hour to understand how to play when you're well, playing. So that 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 half hour, it, like that's also what I mean. Like it was a half hour of like figuring out what the stuff was and and what it meant to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but like once once we figured it out, and and Drew, you were there for at least a good chunk of that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it like the game made sense. Like once you kind of understood what it was trying to tell you to do, you just had to do a couple rounds for it to actually make sense which happens in a lot of games but most games have better instructions with like at the very least pictures in the beginning of it pointing out what the different components are so you can be like cool i know what these are um right the best this had was like on the back it listed what was in the box but when it's like 40 of these tokens 30 of these tokens 50 of these tokens i'm not counting the fucking tokens to figure out which ones are which like i'm just gonna hope for the best (laughs) Mm-hmm. If they would have had little pictures next to them, it would have it would have been easier. Um, but that aside, like I thought it was a f- I thought it was a fun game. Um, the the sort of like scenario for it is you are a necromancer and you're trying to like summon the energies of like the the undead realm or some some nonsense like that. Um, so you have six um, little skeleton warriors that you can summon into the game. Um, there are a slew of de- demons that you can create packs with, and the whole idea is you are trying to gather nexus energies from these portals to either create packs or to um, to do other things during your turn. Um, so there were one, two, I think there were five portals in total, and basically each turn. The first thing that each player does is they would roll the like the portal die, which was a six-sided die that had... Okay, there were six portals. There we go. Um, six-sided die that had like the icon of each portal on it. And then they would roll um, two four-sided die that were the different colors of energy that you could get from the portals. And it would basically be like if you rolled like blue and green and the knife portal, you'd put 
two blue and two green energy onto the knife portal, and that would kind of be the pool that you could then um, channel from if uh, that's what you chose to do on your turn. And then the rest of your turn, you had the options of trying to summon one of your skeleton knight guys onto the the field, moving a skeleton knight guy, uh, fighting somebody else's skeleton knight guy with yours, or channeling. And channeling would is what lets you take some of those energies from the, the different portals. Um, the way that they set up the, the summoning part of it, though, is each of the skeleton knights, um, you had to roll slightly higher to be able to summon them. So the first one was just any, basically any roll was going to get it, because I think it was, it was either zero or better or one, one or better. Um, and then each one was, was one more than that. So by the end, you had to roll a six to be able to summon your last guy. And it's just one die, one six-sided die. So it's not like it's, um, you're not getting like two rolls and like best and like adding them together. Um, the best you could do was if you had the energy, you could spend one of the energy to roll a second die. And if that one happened to be a six, you got it. <laughs> but it was still not adding anything together. Um, and that was basically the game. It was a lot of like rolling die and matching stuff up. Um, it wasn't ever, it was never cumulative rolls and it was never, um, it wasn't necessarily higher wins either. If you're doing combat, it was just four. You had to roll a four or better. So if two people were, were battling and the, the aggressor in the contest rolls a six-sided die, the other, the, the aggressee rolls a four-sided die. If they both roll fours, both of their characters get sent back to the, the board to be summoned again. And um, that's it. If uh, if the aggressor rolls a four or better, and the aggressee doesn't, um, then only the aggressee's piece goes back. And if that aggressee has any of the the winning token things, I forget what they were called. One of them gets given to the winner. Um, but it's kind of like you know, it's not just a oh, we're both going to roll a six sided die, and whoever rolls higher wins, like like a D and D or something like that. Yeah. Um, which made it a little little more interesting. Um, and then, and then you had your demons that you could summon that every time you summoned two of the same type of demon at the same level, you unlock like a perk on your board and everybody had the same perks. So it was like, you get to roll that extra summoning die right away. You get, um, a plus one to your, um, your attack rolls, things like that. Like nothing major, but things that could actually impact the game pretty heavily. Um, and then the last, the last piece were the, the level three summoning things actually became like your familiar or something like that. So they didn't give you anything special, but you did, um, you got some sort of bonus from them. So like the one that I summoned gave me a plus four to like my winning points. So I ended up winning because I had that plus four. Mm -hmm. Um, overall, like not a bad game. I would play that game again. I would not buy that game though. Like, no. It's not a it's not a game that I would I feel like I need to own for sixty dollars. Like if it was like half off or something like that, I'd pay like thirty thirty five for it. Because um, I do, I do think it was fun. It would definitely work as a two player game, but like three to four is probably the sweet spot for it. Because if it's two, if it's if it's just two players, you're only ever going to have one person to aggress against, and it's not going to be so much a strategy of. Well, let me like attack this person to try and get them off the board. It's just going to be let me just keep summoning stuff so that I have the most and hope for the best from there. Mm -hmm. 
but like three or four, you get a little more tactical with it because you're you're getting more more energies are being summoned in, into the game. There's more people to kind of watch out for. Um, becomes a little more strategic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, makes sense. But yeah, like not a sixty dollar game for me, but like still fun. We we did run into somebody when um we were actually so we bought two games that like we have just seen and thought looked cool. We bought that sushi boat game, mm-hmm. which is it's supposed to be like a sushi conveyor belt game okay um and like the things glide really nice on there um and then the other one was um we bought fire fire tower yeah yeah i keep wanting to call it firewatch because of the fucking video game (laughs) i you know i get you i get it i i want to play that game i've i see it every year at pax every year and i just never get a chance to sit down and try it out that Um, is why we bought it because it's like yeah. they're there every year, um, kind of like that that the Nexus game. Like they're there every year. Yeah. I never see it in the library. Their booth is always packed. But that game's only thirty dollars. It was actually, I'm sorry, it was thirty six dollars for the deluxe version. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that is the right price based on what I'm seeing as the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we just bought that. But while we were waiting in line to buy it, um, we saw somebody that had just purchased the Nexus game, and we talked to them for a minute. And we're like, oh yeah, we played that earlier. Like we got it from the, the library. Like it was, it was fun. And the girl was just like, yeah, yeah, I had a good time with it. Like, like I had a good enough time that that like it was worth buying it. And like I didn't, yeah. we didn't respond. Like, oh yeah, we had a good time, but like wasn't worth buying it. But it was just like, okay, yeah, you know, like different people had have different like yeah degrees I, this, at the which game, the game sounds fun enough that I would I wouldn't mind getting into it and playing it and buying it. But it's just and this is the problem with board games is. Planning a board game or planning time to play board game, finding the people, the right people to play board games with, finding the right board games to play with whatever people you get, because it's, everything is so var- it's such a high variable when it comes to board games, like what games people are going to be interested in, who has the attention span to learn to play games, things like that, that is just like, it is hard to figure out what games you would want to play and what games would be worth trying to play. And it, it can... Board game nights in general can be weird too, because it's like different. Like you have all these like different games that have like just different numbers of of people that can play it. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, on average, a good board game night is like four. But there are some games that you can play up to six or eight, and but and like sometimes they're better than playing with only. Then there are some games that are like only two players or three players, and it's like. It it is it is hard. It is hard to figure all that out. I I want to do more board game nights. I want to do more board games. Um, it's just it's hard to plan and set up. For sure. Yeah, and it's like you figure. So if if the if the three of us plus significant others were 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 going to have like a game night, that's five people. Mm-hmm. So like in this case, like Nexus Infernal would work perfect because it's a five person game. But like I'm going to use Fire Tower because I I don't actually know how many players that is, but like. Fire Tower might only be four players, in which case, like, we were all set to play Fire Tower, and then Richie showed up. No no offense, Rich. Um, and it's like, okay, Rude. shit, well, wh- what do we play now? We need a five-player game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, then that's when, like, all right, you start, you, you, you get all set to play Fire Fire Tower, and then somebody shows up late or whatever, or when you're about to start playing it. It's like, all right, well, we're going to play this first. And it's like, you showed up late, unfortunately. Or you 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 plan a group to play as as a team, or just the person just sits out and 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 waits it out. Like that's sometimes what you got to plan when it comes to that stuff. It's like, all right, well, like it, it's one thing if you were 
if, if uh, all five people showed up on time and then you're like, oh, we're going to play this four-player game. But if somebody shows up late or, or later and you're just getting ready to start playing the game that you decided to play until that person showed up, then it's like, all right, keep playing that game and fin- and play something after or something. Yeah, and I, like in a lot of cases, like you're planning ahead of time, so like you know, like okay, there's going to be five people, so we need five people, like five person games. But like yeah. that that can also just become a challenge because it's like, all right, well, I have three five person games. We played this one last time. Um, no one seemed interested in this one, so like maybe maybe like Richie said, like oh, oh, I guess maybe we'll play this four person game and just two people will be a team. Or, like, maybe such and such doesn't want to play this game, so they'll just, like, watch. And it's like, yeah, yeah it it, it becomes it becomes a challenge. <laughs> I'll, uh, if, if, if a deck of cards against humanity gets pulled out at any part of your gathering, I'll sit there and watch, but I ain't fucking playing that game. Because you're like, fucking I'll, boring. <laughs> no, I just... Uh, that game no, I know, you don't bad. like that game. That game is bad. I've gotten into fights because of that game, because people are assholes. That's, that's the name of the game, man. No, no. I'm 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 here for a good time, not to get into a fight because somebody's a dick. Speaking of getting into fights, Drew, how is Hold'em Havoc? Uh, it, it's interesting. Um, it was it's Texas Hold'em, but I was gonna say, they, is, is it poker? <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, instead of just being straight poker, like the different suits have an ability tied to them. Um, and I don't. Let me double check if I have pictures of the cards to remember what they are. But it was things like you can look at some of the cards that are uh, face down or you can bet without actually having to spend any of your money or you can eliminate a card from the board or or make it so that only you can use that card and your opponents can't. But at the cost of having to reveal your face down card since the whole Texas Hold'em is played with poker. You get dealt two face down cards, and then the, there wind up being five community cards that everyone uses. So it's all a bluffing game, really. Uh, so to take away your ability to bluff to use one of these powers is the trade off. I don't know. Okay, look pretty interesting. That's is that uh, like in in like the new in like the unpubbed area or is that uh i did see it in the unpub area later i happened to just see the guy set up set up at one of the tables way off in the free oh. play area okay i was i was looking up the game so i was just like i was i wasn't sure i couldn't find it anywhere so i was just trying to look it up while you were talking about it that's all hey that that sounds like an interesting way to do it i do think it's funny that it's like you can bet without betting money yeah uh that ability i thought was a little odd but the rest all definitely made some. Nice. What? Um, I take it you didn't buy it. No, he was actually out of copies by the time I saw them. Oh, that's a good problem to have. People, yeah. I there were a lot of vendors that sold out of stuff, which like good on them. Like hopefully yeah. it's a they brought a they brought a good amount of stock with them and sold out of it, and not a they weren't able to bring much. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, God. I mean there were there were a few vendors I walked by that on Friday they were they were out of their stock of something for that day they were like and it was just like by two o'clock they were out of it and they're like well, we'll have more tomorrow we promise and then while we were talking to floodgate uh was it decorum that just showed up as we're yeah. talking to them and that mm-hmm. was noon noon on Saturday or one o'clock on Saturday decorum just showed up for them to like show off and play test and sell oh wow yeah, yeah. we 
we were talking to the people at the booth for like that like learn Japanese card game. Okay. Um, which seemed like a cool game. Really expensive for a card game though. It was like sixty bucks or something like that. Oh wow. Yeah, like it was one of those. It's like that's a lot of money. Um, and that was just like the base game. <laughs> uh, but we were talking to them, and I guess they had had like like a like a us like a bigger pack or something like that. Um, that they they only had like I don't know like twenty copies of of it when they got there because like the majority of it had been sent to one of the people that was going to the show and didn't arrive at their their place until after they had already flown out for the show. Like, it was supposed to arrive on, like, Wednesday, and it showed up on Friday at their house. And, like, that sucks. <laughs> but, uh, and mm-hmm. I feel, that happened someplace else last year. Uh, the, you know the tea, tea booth that's been there a couple times? Like, they literally yes. sell, like, like tea yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, DNT. Yeah. They are called DNT. Um, they had that last year where, like, the person running the booth was supposed, like, a week prior they were expecting, like, a delivery of, like, all the, the product for the booth. And it just never showed up. Like UPS mm-hmm. lost it or something like that. Oof. Yeah. Um. But what was this this other one, Drew? Uh, Button Kingdoms. Okay. So Button Kingdoms is a very early in development game from the guy, this one guy Sam, who uh, we've talked to at previous years, who did Outrun the Bear. Okay. Um. It is a competitive deck builder battling game. Uh. But instead of like just having like cards get dealt and you just draft them you are bidding against your opponents and it looks like it's going to be up to four players um and eventually all the card art will be like stuffed animals the premise is like your kids playing with your stuffed animals and building an army out of them okay uh uh, the other thing about it is you can You'll have uh, tokens that you can use to essentially bribe the card to go join whatever other team. It's uh, so if someone puts a bid on this one card, you can put your bribe token on there, and if nobody else puts a higher number bribe token, you will take the coins, but they will get the card instead of the coins or the buttons just going off to the middle. So mm-hmm. it's. That's how the economy gets a little spread out. And then um, you'll play your cards from your hand uh, and they'll have a different ability to like do damage or destroy a wall or a toll that uh, your opponents have built or, you know, give you more buttons, things like that. And the objective is to just eliminate your other player, your opponents. Which I mean, like nice. any, any good game, eliminate your opponents. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, you know, it was clear that as you're uh, building your deck, the damage starts to, like, really uh, exponentially grow. Like, I I wasn't playing. I got there as he was, like, just starting a demo with two people. So I just watched them play. Like, the first turn, they were, like, people would do, like, three damage. By, like, the fourth turn, it was, like, 15 damage. And so it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, this is gonna. <laughs> the thirty-five health seems like a lot on the first turn. Maybe not the fourth or fifth turn, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I said, it was very early on. Everything he had was like placeholder art and names. He was definitely looking for feedback on stuff, and based on how things went without Run the Bear, I imagine that probably won't be a finished game till like twenty twenty-five. But I mean, I'm game sh- games take a while. Yeah, 
but I'm sure he'll be there next year with a way more uh, fleshed out version of the game. Like more of like a prototype versus like an alpha version. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then uh, all three of us actually played this Kronkenhole game. Kronkenhole. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Kronkenhole. <laughs> Look, at least I did. I at least I did, I knew I didn't know what it was called. I didn't destroy the name of that Kronkenhole. No, I said Kronkenhole. But there's not even an H in there, Cobb. There's you. You added an N. <laughs> There's an N right there. There's an N. There is no H. No, but you said crunk. C-R-O-N-K in hole. No, I said crock in hole. Ole. You said hole. Anyway. Crokinole, which apparently isn't isn't a new game. I've never heard of it before. I've never seen it. I was very intrigued. It's it's interesting. It's, it is I mean, like, it's they've literally had that a massive area for it every year at PAX. I've I never noticed it before. I don't go that far back. I don't go to that back area. I don't, like I said in the past, I don't like go back there to play games that often. Um, I don't go to the I mean, game library or anything, so I've never been back there. We walk back, like we walk past all that stuff, like all the the demo areas, the painting areas, the card areas every year. I have never noticed that game before, or at least never like noticed it and took it in. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it is, it's, it's, it's sports. It's 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 air hockey kind of. Um, uh, uh, it's more like curling. Yeah, it's a little curling. It's it's interesting. Um, see, I didn't I didn't think you've ever heard of it, Drew, because when we talked about it on Saturday, I, I was just like, oh, I want to try out that game, and you didn't tell me that you knew what it was called or anything, and you're just like, oh yeah, if you get a table, let me know, and I'll, I'll play it with you or something. Like you, we talked about like getting a table first thing and playing that game on Sunday. Um, that's why I went there because we had talked about it Saturday to do that on Sunday. Um, but it's, it's very simple game to play. It's just, I would never get that, that game. Uh, because there's, you have to have sand on the board to make sure that your pieces glide well. And I don't want to have to deal with all that sand in my house mm-hmm. or getting on the floor or getting, making a mess all over the place or the fact that like you can't really clean the game up. That's how, that was up, actually my complaint. Up. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it's less of a the, the sand being an issue, because, like, it, it is in, like, the little groove. Like, it's not getting everywhere that... Cause you, it's not that much sand, but, like, yeah. the fact that, you, like, there's no way to really... Like, it doesn't break down or anything. It's this giant wood table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you know you have space to have this giant wood board on a table to play, to always have out and play this game and like in like your downstairs game area or something like that then uh, then great get mm-hmm. it uh also the boards are like expensive as fuck yeah i mean they're um, they're they're big wood boards with like the the runner and everything like that that like it was a nice nice game yeah yeah it was a fun game. Um, if you don't know how to play crokinol i really don't think us explaining how to play crokinol without having an actual showcase of what it looks like is really going to do it any justice. But the best way is like, you've got a circle of pegs in the middle and you've got uh, a big circle with three zones, in the outer zone, the middle zone and the inside, the, the, the inside zone um, or the outer, the inside and the middle uh, for the first player. If there's no, or if there's no tokens on the board of your opponent's color, your aim is to get into the very middle. Um, we, uh, and we should also say there, in the very, very middle is a hole slightly larger than the discs. 
Yeah, is 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 like a bullseye hole. Uh, so the goal is to get into the very middle, specifically the bullseye, but get into the middle. If your piece doesn't stay in the middle, you 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 just you get you 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 remove it from the board, um, and it's not worth any points. If your opponent's color is on the board, then the game changes. You have to hit their color. You have to hit a token of their color before uh, uh, before anything else. So like you 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 have to hit that. Otherwise, if you even if you get into the middle, if you don't hit it, your 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 token goes away. Um, you have to hit token of your opponent's color. So you can either play to knock them off the board and take their spot, or you can play to just move them around. Uh, try to block their stage or block their uh, starting area. Um, you can hit your own color to hit them, but if you don't hit them, then both the both of the tokens that you hit, like yours, both of your tokens get discarded, not just the one. So it's that little added strategy of I think I can do this, but if I can't, I lose all my points. Um, yeah, it's 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 like a fun game. We kept I kept making a joke that Cobb is getting into sports when he was playing it with Drew because, like I said, I sat there for about an hour, hour and a half playing with a bunch of different random people and playing with Drew. And then when Cobb showed up, uh, I got up and let Cobb take over. And Cobb and Drew played a couple of games while we were while I was there talking. Yeah, and it was such a quick and simple game that. You could sit there and just keep playing it and, like, not even realize how long you'd been going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun. I liked it. I just, it, if I ever have a bigger house and, like, a game space to keep it all set up, otherwise it's, I'm never going to get that game. Right. And $300. I mean, look, it's credit cards, man. True. Well, you can get one on Amazon for, like, $80. It's not nearly as nice looking, but it exists. Exactly. You, you need to get the nice one, three hundred dollar one. You need to spend all the money with with the uh, um, the Pax logo on it. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, if you go on Amazon and you actually type it, oh, this one's only sixteen dollars. Oh no, it's sixteen dollars button tray, <laughs> but it shows a picture of the full game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you type the the game into um, into Amazon, like it. But for me, at least, it defaulted to, like, what price range do you want? And I clicked on the 25 and under, and it's just <laughs> the little discs. Hmm. Or, like, pe- like I guess you, you can replace the pegs. So there's um there's an $11 set of the pegs you can replace, I guess. That's funny, though. I want to, like, what's... Okay, yeah, 100 bucks, 80 bucks. Yeah, you can get some cheaper ones. It looks like the like tournament style ones are where you're getting into the like three hundred dollar plus range. Mm-hmm. Hey man, this one's four hundred and thirty nine. That's a that's a bargain. I see, nice. yeah, because I see one for five hundred and thirty. Uh, that one's not on my my screen. Uh, I mean, I'm on uh, just a random other website. I'm on crokinole.ca. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a Canadian game. Yeah. Oh, gross. I'm I'm mad. We even talked about it now. <laughs> cut this whole part out. Um, I guess moving along, Rich, you played a game called yeah. Kapow. Yes, Kapow um, is a game by uh, Wise Wizard Games. Um, I got uh, pulled in by the box art is very comic book uh, style and orient. I mean, the name is fucking Kapow. It's it's comic book reference, and basically what it is is it's a uh, hero versus villain. Uh, the box comes with um. Uh, six playable characters, uh, but it's one versus one. Um, uh, it's a 1v1 game. 
where uh, you pick your playable character, they each have like some special abilities, plus you have your generic general abilities, uh, and the idea is you grab your die and you roll them behind a screen. You both roll them at the same time behind a screen, and then you allocate what your die rolled to figure out what you're going to do that round. If you're going to punch, if you're going to defend, if you're going to power up, uh, things like that, based on like the symbols that showed on the die. The cool thing is some of your power-ups also include buying a blank die and placing uh, uh, tokens on them. So that you can build out a die of your own where, like, say you just want to have a, a die for punching. You can power up enough to place a bunch of punching tokens on a blank die. Uh, so that this way, every round, you're getting at least one punch in to deal damage. The goal of the game is to deal 20 damage to the enemy. Um, so that, and to, to basically to kill them, uh, or to knock them out and, and win the battle. It's, it's a short game. But it was super fun, and I just, I got, I got, like, attached to the art style, um, cause it is very, like, comic booky. Uh, the, the, I got volume two, so they were selling volume one and volume two, which had separate characters in each. If you have both volumes, you can play up to four players. Uh, but I only got one volume because I want to play this a few times before I, uh, get more of it to see if, like, people actually like it and if it's worth actually playing. That's, yeah, that I can understand yeah. that. It does. It actually sounds kind of neat. Like I, I do like the idea of like the blind rolls and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's it, yeah. You both you both roll together, and then you figure out what you're gonna do, and then you both pull your your um your screen up at the same time, so that like, and then whoever whoever had the first token or the starting or the the kapow token, which is basically labeling like the 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 first player of the round. Whoever has that goes through their actions, and it's like, all right, I used an attack, and compare that to the defense. So if you defended for five, but I attacked for six, you take one damage. Um, and then the attacker does their stuff, like the the second player, and then it goes down the list with um, the special powers and power-ups. Uh, uh, if you are defending, say I defended for three and Drew defended for two, well, whoever had the higher defense then gets the starting token for next round. And you only pass up that token when then somebody else had higher defense than the other person. Like, so if the next round neither of us defended, I keep it. The round after that, Drew defended for one and I didn't, he takes it. And so that goes back and forth to determine, like, the, quote, first person. Because it does matter who's first, because if you're attacking first, and you take them under 20 before they attack and take you under 20, then you lose. That, that is true. That I mean, yeah, higher so, like, numbers a, are better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the strategy where, like, the first per- person in first place, or the person who starts the round with the Kapal token does have a little bit of an advantage... Uh, it's just, you have to sacrifice some of your commodity to defend. Um, the game is quick. I was able to get a full round in and be shown how to play within probably half hour or so. Uh, the game in the box says, the box says about 20 minutes. Um, it is, it is a quick game. It's really fun. Uh, Cobb, I might even bring it to our next, um, uh, uh, Jurassic World. Jurassic Park night to, no, uh, yeah, Jurassic well, it's World Jurassic now. World now. It's Jurassic World now. I may bring it to our next Jurassic World night so that, like, if they're 
grabbing uh, if they're at the dispensary or something when I show up we can like check it out and play while we're waiting for everyone to show up because like I said it's very quick all right it's, yeah I, I liked it I liked it this was one of two games that I said to people I will I may come back for this um they were there I played a, f- a few games or checked out a few games where I was like I, I I have to think about it I'll come back tomorrow if I'm, I might get it tomorrow when I come back uh, because it's just like it was at that it was getting to that point where I I'd already spent $120 on, 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 uh, friggin', on Friday, uh, plus food and whatever, and I still had the rest of the, I, I think I walked away this weekend spending, and it's not bad. I'm not, I, I think I, I, I made out pretty good. I, I spent maybe about $350 total for the weekend for everything that I got. Not too bad. Yeah, it really isn't bad. Yeah. Could, could be far worse. <laughs> it could have been much worse. Could have been much worse. Um, and then the last thing that w- that we had on here from you was Freelancers. Yeah. So I there was this game Freelancers by Plat Hat Games that I didn't get to really demo or or learn to play, but like they had it out and it ver- seemed very interesting. Uh, it's one of those. It's another one of those like um, tabletop games that you uh, use an app on your on your tablet or your phone or whatever to help play, and it is. Uh, basically, it is a um, a DMless RPG. So the app will do all the DMing for you. There's like some some audio, some some dialogue that the app will do with. I think maybe with voice acting. I'm not really. Sure. I can't 100 percent remember. Um, but it's basically you get two uh two different sides of your sheet. Your your character's race, your character's class. Um, you set up whatever module you're gonna run for that session. Open up the app and it'll just tell you what you can do where you're at. And you can either go directly towards your objective or you can go and, and explore around. Uh, one of the objectives they were telling me is like you're in a town, you can just go lift boxes. And if you go help somebody lift boxes, you increase your strength stat by one. Or you can go make some money and then go to the shop and you can just do all this stuff. And the app will run the DMing for you. So this way, for people who are the forever DMs, they get a chance to actually be a player. So it's, it's, it is an RPG, but it's an RPG. It's a, I, and I, you can't really say an AR RPG, but yeah, maybe like more of an AR type RPG. Like it, it's a DMless RPG, which I, I like the idea. Um, and I, I want to get into it. I want to check it out. Honestly, I think this would be a really fun game to try to play on like on stream or with people online because you can just share. Uh, you can just share your screen of the app of the game being played while you're showing like the game board and whatever, and everyone can do make their choices uh, over the internet. I feel like this would be a better game to play as a RPG D and D night than maybe D and D would be to play over the internet. That's fair. Yeah. The only downside is you're playing over the internet. Well, I mean, yeah, but like <laughs> this, I feel like this would be. It, th- that's the downside to playing D and D on the internet. Is you're playing on the internet. Like I, uh, me and Drew had this conversation this weekend. We are, we're both kind of done with the internet. Well, not done with the internet, but you know what I mean. Like we're done. You don't want to play stuff. games like that online. You want to play them the, with people. We all, yeah. We also the, we we also don't want to record podcast on the internet anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel like dragging everything to your place. I, it's I have everything at my place. You don't. I still have to bring laptops and microphones you, and shit. I have I have a PC and I have. You just would need to bring microphones. I yes. I have a switchboard and everything else. Yeah, I just don't feel like doing that. Lazy. 
So Please. to be fair, Wednesday's also the worst fucking day for that for me because I'm out of the house all day. Well, that that is this is this is behind the scenes stuff we can talk about in the. But I'm just saying in general, like me and Drew, uh, we had a conversation. Like in general, we're like over doing stuff over the internet, and so like I do I part of my D and D campaign that I have with Drew that we play over the internet with my friend with with people from Cincinnati and everyone who lives in Jersey, like. It's like we, I, I don't really have the push to play that that often because it's over the internet. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it just doesn't and, hit the same. Yeah, but I feel like a game like this that like isn't very RP heavy and it is kind of just a board game with RP elements would be a little bit more entertaining or or will hit the same or better than playing D&D over the internet. Yeah, and like the, the way you would describe this game like a, I could see that being more fun than D&D on the internet. Yeah. So like I get that. Yeah. Uh but it is it's a game that uh I definitely want to play and check out. I think uh po- after the new year I have a couple of people who want to do like monthly game nights and stuff and so we might pull this in and try it out and whatnot. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good and nice. Uh but yeah. Uh, any, like, any honorable mentions? Uh, real quick, uh, that, uh, time travel chess game was called That Time You Killed Me. Oh, that's what you guys were talking about. I, I oh, own that. That's I was not the game I was yeah, thinking of. I, yeah, I bought that. I was not thinking of that as a chess game, but I understand why that's the description you use. Yeah. I was uh, thinking of a game called Shobu. No, I don't know that one. It, it's, uh... A chess-esque game where when you move a piece on one board, you also move a piece on a different board. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, that Time That Kill Me is cool, though. I like that game. Yeah, I want to uh, play that game. I want to try it out. Yeah. The the only downside, it, it's one of those games where, like, it's both a pro and a con. Like, it's it's only two players. Yeah. Um, But, it, it like, it's a, it's a cool concept. Like, I, I had fun playing that one. Um, mm-hmm. I guess... I unfortunately do not remember the names of, of the the booths, but um there was um there was a booth. It was they were in the very first aisle. Um, they were selling dog toys. Okay. Um, and we were talking to them because we, we bought some stuff. Um, the guy like just started the company over um like during COVID, um because he couldn't find like kind of like D and D nerdy toys for his dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so he made um like the, this uh, hard rubber D twenty that's kind of like a Kong. Um. That not so much that you're supposed to put like peanut butter in it, but it's got a little cross shape opening that you put like like training treats and stuff, and the dog's supposed to like knock the D twenty around to like knock treats out of it. Um, and then he also had like some uh some like squeaky plushy toys like swords and shields and maces and flails and things like that. Um, sold out of almost everything on by the time we went over on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like we actually we ordered two of the the D twenties and um just bought one of the shields because the shields were like the only thing he still had in stock. <laughs> nice. But uh, we were talking to him like he's only done, he's only done a couple of shows and apparently like this was like his best show. Um, nice. And I like, he just, he seemed very excited for like how well the show went. And like, he was just looking forward to going back again, like the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw that. I saw that booth. I wanted to like check it out more, but I, I like, I saw it in passing and, it, he was all the way in that back area that doesn't have a lot of walking space. So like exactly, that's why we either, went back on Sunday because Sunday was the latest day. Yeah, oh. um, I saw a booth. Um, 
they had a game called Dicey Devices, which uh, he probably told me this while I was talking to him. I believe the creator is Origami Whale Games, because they have a, um, uh, a Kickstarter coming up. I'm not sure if it's for like an expansion for the game or if it's the game itself. They have a Kickstarter coming up for Dicey Devices. It's a game where you live in a town with a bunch of mad scientists, and your goal is to become the last mad scientist left and take over the world by creating your own um, uh, doomsday device, super weapon, and defeating everyone else that you're playing. Okay. And it was we passed that booth a, cool a few concept. times. Yeah, they they were in a really premium spot, so it makes sense if you pass them a few times. The game the game had like some cool art and and it had a, a a neat design. He showed me how how it works. I saw him first thing on on Friday, uh, and it I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, just I it was it was one of those games that like stood out to me of like I kind of want this, but I want these other things more. And so I'll I I like it was it was the first game where like I'll think about it and I'll come back. And I ended up not going back because I was more interested in Capel and Free. I had, I had found Capel and Freelancers after I had found this, and I wanted those. That's yeah. That that tends to happen. That's what like I try not to spend too much like early on, just in case like something else jumps out. It's like I'd rather play that. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. and that's like I I br- I specifically hold out at least a hundred and a hundred bucks for like the the sixty dollar donations. And then, like, other stuff every year, but then it's, like, then I have to, like, manage my money after that. So, like, the $120 on Friday was, like, that was budgeted in, and then everything else is more of a, all right, treat yourself kind of thing. Right. Yeah, like, we, um, it's just a given that we're going to do the, um, the, whatever that's, the, the booster box. That's the word I was looking for. Um, like, we do those every year, like, we're not going to not do them, um. So like that's just that's a sixty dollars that we expect to spend, um, and then anything else like we didn't spend that much. Like what was it? It was sixty sixty. So that's one twenty. We only spent like like a hundred and fifty on games. A little maybe, maybe a little bit more than that. Because mm-hmm. um, like the only two like like we bought a, a sixty dollar game, a thirty dollar game, the booster box, and then we had a couple other like cheap things. So like uh, under two hundred for sure. I think. In total, I was about three hundred and twenty to three hundred and fifty. But don't don't didn't you say that you were buying a couple things like as gifts, or were, were uh, these all just games for you? This is just in games. Um, I know Capel and Freelancers were a hundred together, um, and then the hundred and twenty on the booster boxes, and then Ray Tra- Ray Racers. I said Ray Tracers. Ray Racers and uh, I think Ray Racers was forty. So yeah, probably around three hundred dollars total for games, and then I bought a hundred dollars in merch for packs because that that was that was the oops um, of of the weekend, and not that I regret my purchases, more of just like I didn't mean to spend this much. Uh, but when they told me my total, I felt bad saying put it put this some of this back, and so I just kept it. All. And then they were like, oh, you bought this, so you get these as well, and you spend this much, so you get these as well. And I'm like. Great, I spent too much money. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, like I think in total for the weekend it was about five hundred dollars, but you know it 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 was worth it. It it's it has it should have at least five hours of enjoyment out of all of the money I spent. There you go, uh, Drew. Anything else you want to mention? No, I think that's all for me. All right. Well, that is probably going to do it for this week then. Yeah, that's a yeah. show. All right. 
Um, so in that case, if you would like to find some more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there at your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline, or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. And Rich, what is your streaming? Uh, Twitch.tv slash beyond underscore walnuts. Video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Um where I'll be playing mostly Baldur's Gate and Sea of Thieves. Uh, this past Tuesday, uh, me and Timmy finished We Were Here Forever. So next Tuesday, we'll be doing We Were Here Expeditions to the Friendship, which is only about two-hour game, and I'm going to give him a Christmas break and some time off so I can spend more time playing all of the RPGs and other co-op games that I have that he's not interested in. Uh, so we'll be doing a lot more Baldur's Gate and stuff after next week. Next week, we'll be... Uh, the last of co-op Tuesdays for a bit. I also look forward to me playing a game called Tattletale, which is a Christmas-based spooky game, because we got 12 subs last month, and I changed my sub rewards to have a spooky stream if we get more than 10 subs. So that's what we'll be doing this month, is playing Tattletale, a Christmas-based spooky game. It apparently has decent reviews, too. So Well, that 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 sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, it's probably, um, I don't know, it might be next week, it might be the week after. I haven't figured that out. All right, good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See Bye. you. Bye.